Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. Hey guys, this is JD with Southeastern Bow Hunter Podcast. Just want to let you know I can save you a little bit of money if you go on to nosedownsense.com and type in the promo code SEBH15, Southeastern Bow Hunter 15, SEBH15. That will get you 15% off on all the products they have across the whole site. Now go make sure you check them out. Amazing products, great cover scents, and great application scents for those big old scripts you're trying to work on. Also, after you get that game, you can go ahead and season it up with some of their seasonings and dry rubs they have. Go give them a check. Hey guys, it's JD with Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. You ever get bored like I do in the middle of the night watching YouTube, trying to figure out which broadhead flies the best, which one penetrates the best? different arrows, different bows, different bow speeds, all that kind of stuff, go check out Chest Stumper Outdoors. Not only does he have some good hunting footage, he also does amazing broadhead reviews and arrow reviews and bow reviews and stuff like that. He goes to all the different trade shows and tests out all the bows right there on camera. He also does the Mountain Archery Fest. So give him a check. That's again, Chest Thumper Outdoors. Go give him a good listen. Go watch his videos. Some amazing content. What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 48 of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. And this episode, we get a, uh, a buddy of ours, Tanner Edenfield. Um, if you don't know him, which would be really shocking, uh, he has a YouTube channel called Have Bow Will Travel. Dude is a very well-versed deer hunter, um, big buck killer, all that stuff. Awesome, dude. And, you know, we had him on and we talk about how he started with, you know, hunting, with his, making a YouTube channel, uh, some of the deer he's killed this season already. He's tagged out in Georgia, which is crazy. Um, if you don't know, for those of y'all that listen that aren't living in Georgia or don't know anything about our regulations and stuff, we get two bucks and ten does, and Tanner already killed two bucks. <laughs> So uh, his Georgia buck season's over, and uh, he's been traveling around, going to different states, um, you know, chasing after more big bucks. So we cover that a little bit. Uh, we do talk about <clears throat> broadheads and, and just, you know, the whole thing. It's, a B, it's not really a BS session, but it's basically as if, you know, me, JD, and Tanner were chilling by a fire at deer camp and having a good time. Uh, before we get started with Tanner, got to thank everybody that helps make this podcast Um easier than it would be without help <laughs> so i guess uh you know let, let's just hit it off osteo gear man um awesome company i know joe has been on some really big bucks i know lucas just had an episode on mission whitetail which is joe's uh podcast so go check that out um you know i know rendell eric's been on some deer Th- these guys are killers man and i am very happy to be able to be you know, partnering up with them and promote the product and give you guys a little bit of a discount. So if you want that discount, say, you know, it's getting a little colder. I think this morning right now, it's like high fifties. I was looking at the weather next Monday or Sunday supposed to be in the forties. Finally. Um, 
So if you're going to be getting ready for that cold, you know, later season stuff and you don't have anything, go to osseogear.com. Dude, they got everything you need. Um, if you want to save a little bit of money when you buy the product, use the promo code SBH10. It saves you 10% off everything site-wide. And, you know, I think I think that you guys are really going to like the product that Osseo makes. Um, next up is Summit Tree Stands. Uh, look, Summit has been a staple in the uh, tree stand industry for years, okay? They, in my opinion, have the best climbers, most comfortable, um, quietest, easiest to set up on a tree, and they come in a bunch of different, you know, sizes, variations, shapes, materials, all that stuff. They don't only have climbers; they have hang-ons too. They got the dual-axis hang-on, which is a pretty, pretty cool, um, you know, tree stand. It's I, I don't have the time to go into it too much, but basically, it allows you to move around more than just a standard tree stand or hang on does um so go check them out they've got tons of accessories they've got bow holders they've got replacement parts for your tree stand uh say you've got an older one and you need to replace the cables they got you covered they have rifle bars they have bow i already said bow hangers <laughs> they got gun hangers uh they got a lot of stuff man so go to summitstands.com save 15 percent with our promo code SEBH15. And believe me, you won't be disappointed. I plan on getting a new Summit after this season. I kind of have an old one. It's doing its job and it's great, but I would like something that's a little bit lower profile. Uh, kind of looking at the Open Shot SD. It's basically just a hang on, but it's a climber. And I don't, the way I climb with climbers is different than most people do. Um, I do like a dip, you know, like if you go to the gym, you do dips. That's kind of how I climb. So that's what that tree stand is basically made to do. And it's open, uh, there is no bar in front of you. It is literally, if you took the seat off a of hang on and the platform and made it to where you can climb with it. Uh, I love it. So that's probably what I'll be getting after this season. Uh, next up is gonna be Scout Tech. Ryan and I finally got my whole camera thing figured out. I don't know if it's because of my service or maybe the SD cards I was buying. Uh, just for whatever reason, you know, I was having camera issues and Ryan was a huge help. Um, he would, you know, help me get new cameras and set it up and figure out what I was doing because my monkey brain, I guess, couldn't figure it out. Um, but Scout Tech makes a great product. Uh, if you haven't listened to the episode, go check it out. If you do have any issues like I did, their customer service is fantastic. And I'm not saying that to say, oh, that their stuff doesn't work. That's not the case because JD got a got a camera from Ryan and it worked just fine. Uh, I talked to other people that have cameras from them and they had had no issues. Now I live in the country, so that's probably why, um, you know, it, it, I, I have crappy cell servers pretty much everywhere I go around here. So I'm not really surprised that, you know, my stuff needed a little bit more help than I guess someone like JD who lives near the city needed. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's that's basically everybody that, you know, I'm going to be rattling off. JD's already got nose down and, and chest thumper outdoors with Trent. Uh, Urban Archery Outfitters talked with Chris the other day. A lot of stuff's coming down the pipeline. I know there's an app in development. Um, and I'm very excited to be, you know, starting that that journey with them to see where it all goes and promote the company. You know, great people, man. We we don't we don't affiliate ourselves with anyone, but but, you know, good people. You know, we uh <laughs> god-fearing christian men and and i guess women that listen to this you know that that's that's what we're all about so 
Speaking of that, before we get started, I just want to give all the glory to God again. Um, just to let you know, man, look, if you're going through a tough time, open your Bible. Go ahead and read it. Talk with Jesus. Talk with God. I mean, it, it's he's there for you, okay? And, you know, he's never let me down. Um, anytime I'm going through a struggle, I always turn to him and I always come out a better person, stronger. And, you know, things always work out. So place your faith in him. Uh, again, not going to make this a... Uh, Uh, a preaching moment. I'm probably going to do something like this every intro. So, you know, kind of spread the word, put, you know, like I said, give him the glory because without him, we have nothing. So that's out of the way. Um, I hope you guys are having a great season. Tank has shown back up. Trike is giving me the runaround. Um, But, you know, we're, we're on him. And I think that now that we're in October and... You know, acorns are falling, mock scrapes and just regular scrapes are about to start lighting up like crazy. Um, Every single mock scrape that I've made has been getting hit. You look at it and it looks like someone took, I guess, you know, a pair of scissors. If you want to compare that to a deer hoof and just scrape the crap out of it. So, yeah, man, it's it's a wonderful time of year. It's the best. This is what we all, you know, work towards throughout the off season and the summer and it's here so get out there go shoot your bow um go go find that big buck man go kill him and when you do shoot us a message let us know maybe we'll have you on the podcast anyway let's get started with tanner edenfield from have bow will travel you guys are really going to enjoy this one all right guys we got Mr. Tanner Edenfield on the podcast today, and uh, if you don't know that name, you should. Um, he has a YouTube channel called Have Bow Will Travel, and dude has killed quite a number of good deer. He just put, I think it was two down in the past like two weeks. Um, so we got him on here to talk about that and just you know kind of shoot the shit for a little bit. So Tanner, what's going on, big guy? What's up, brother? I'm just driving to West Virginia for my hire. And it was actually, it's actually three. You killed three? Holy crap, dude. I only saw two. Oh, Lord. What was the third one? Uh, so I killed one in West Virginia and two in Georgia. Hmm. So you're tagged out already. <laughs> yep. That's crazy, man. Well, um, before we dive into all that, man, uh, why don't you give us a little background on, like, you know, who you are, how you got started in hunting, and what made you want to do the YouTube channel? Um, I've been watching your stuff for probably about two or three years now. And I mean, the, I'm, I'm going to sound like an idiot, but one of the things that got me, I guess, um, kind of, kind of interested and hooked and all that is you still use a climber and not a lot of people will use climbers these days or at least have videos of them doing it. Um, so yeah, man, why don't you give us a little background on, you know, your hunting history and, and you know, how you started the YouTube channel. Sure. So, uh, I mean, just growing up, my, you know, my dad hunted. And I was took an interest at an early age. I mean, I was like, this. I don't know how clean this podcast is supposed to be, but like, I was pretty much known since I was six years old. The only thing I wanted to do was kill big deer, do hot girls, and make money. And, <laughs> Living the dream, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, Kinda all Not in that order, though, right? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, I don't think the order really matters. 
Oh, that's funny. Oh, man. So, you basically been hunting since you were a little tyke then, huh? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I would, like, I mean, I don't know what, like, what you really, the definition of hunting is. I mean, like, I would take a toy bow and go sit in the woods, like, day after day after day, like, six years old. You know, like, like zero chance of killing anything. I'm shooting, like, a PSC Nova Junior pulling, like, 15 pounds with a freaking fill point. Mm -hmm. As my parents wouldn't let me have broadheads, you know. So, <laughs> but, I mean, I finally killed my first deer at like 12. Uh, With that same setup or a different setup? No, man. I had both <laughs> <of them. laughs> no, I killed it with a, uh old dart, and I think it was called a vapor. Pulling like, it was a 50-pound bow, but we had it turned down to like 42 pounds. Like, like it was probably dangerous, honestly. And, uh crazy thing, I had spine shot this little four-pointer and only had one arrow, mm -hmm. so I shot it like, I don't know, maybe 400 yards behind my house, and uh, I had to run all the way to the house and get another arrow for one of my brothers, and get out there and shoot this deer again. Man, wow. that's a hell of a first deer, spine shot. Yeah. How yeah, that thing, though, man, it was so loud, and they'd always, I'd always get seen and stuff. So they'd always be on edge when I shoot at them with that loud bow. They're ducking it, you know? Yeah. But, anyway, I'll blame it on that. <laughs> it was the bow. It was definitely Marks the bow. Marksmanship could have had something to do with it, but I really doubt it. Yeah, right? you know. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it was the bow. I don't think it was you. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you, um, are you from Georgia? Or, like, where are you originally from? Yeah, I'm from Georgia. Okay. Living Gray my whole life. Hell yeah. What part? Uh, Gray, so little town right outside of Macon. Gotcha. All right, so you're like an hour south of me then. Because I'm out here in okay. Covington. JD's over in uh, Cobb. And um, he's going to hunt those, you know, seek one deer. <laughs> so, yeah. um, cool, dude. Well, so, like, so you, you killed your first deer at 12. Um, what was What was the next deer? Like, I mean, how long did it take you to kill the next one? Um, so, actually, exactly two weeks later. So, I killed that deer at, uh, on October 4th with my bow, and then opening day of rifle season, I killed like a, I don't know, like a probably 100 inch eight point. And man, you couldn't tell me shit after that. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I killed uh, 102, I think, in four eighths last year, and for like three weeks, man, I just was literally anyone would say anything I'm like, "Oh man, listen to me, I know what I'm talking about," and it's like, nah, nah. I mean, you know, me and JD go back and forth all the time. He's got a deer on his property right now that's probably, you know, high 130s, high 140s, maybe. Um, it's it's kind of hard to tell because we haven't really had a good photo of him here recently, but. Uh, yeah dude like we keep going back and forth and trying to trying to strategize and it's like the stuff that you think would work none of it's been working and he's just been getting into the climber game um jd this is your first year using a climber isn't it yes okay. yes it is and i do not see myself going anywhere else other than a climber they're so comfortable 
It's funny, I'm like known as a climber guy, but I'm actually kind of getting away from him a little bit. Aw, oh, come on now. <laughs> uh, if you ever want to get rid of a climber, let me know. I'm looking for more. I love climbers. Yeah, I mean, I'd never get rid of them, but, like, yeah. they de- I mean, there's definitely a time and a place for them, but there's definitely a time and a place for a hang-on, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I was actually going to ask you, man, is like, so I've been using a climber, shit, for the past five years. Um, I've never, so I've only been hunting for five years, but when it's deer season, I'm out every single weekend. And, you know, I'll, I I know you know Jay Maxwell, he'll probably tell you, I bug him all the time about, you know, oh man, what do you think I should do about this? And, um, dude, I've been trying to figure out a way to kill a deer out of a climber. Everything I've killed has been off the ground, like in a ground blind or, um, you know, back off in some brush or whatever. And, you know, I mean, that's cool and all, but I really want to kill something out of a tree stand for once. I've missed out of a tree stand a few times, but killing something. um, I had a chance last week on one of my target bucks and he just never came in range. So, I mean, like what, I guess just to dive right into it, like what's your, um, what's your ideal setup for a climber? You know, are you looking for like cover around you and just get above it? You trying to sit in it? Do you like pine trees more? Oaks? I mean, what's? Well, so the issue with pine trees is they make a lot of noise. True. My favorite tree for a climber is a yellow poplar. It's got soft bark and it's always really tall and it usually doesn't have limbs until like 30 feet. Okay. Um, But so like, and this is part of the reason I got out of the climber, not even using a climber as much. Like, my go-to, if I was, if I wasn't filming, my go-to is you sit behind something, so, like, you find a tree with another branch, like, right in front of it or something. And, you know, obviously, it's not going to be perfect every time. Mm-hmm. You're, you're walking through the woods picking out a tree. You just got to take it what you get sometimes. But I feel like, you have a branch or another tree and you just sit behind it and then you just stand up and shoot over it. Gotcha. So, like, basically you've got good cover until you decide to stand up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, I, um, you know, I think so that I was my problem last too, week, too. One thing I've learned from, especially hunting in West Virginia, is your cover behind you is just as important, if not more, as what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And yep, so you don't want to call on. That's something I didn't... I mean, I'd always... You know, my dad had always talked about, like, don't get skylined or whatever, but I never really grasped just how important that was until I started hunting these mountain deer that are, like, used to looking up. Yeah. So, I mean, comparing, like, mountain deer to, you know, our Georgia deer, um, I mean, what what would you say the big difference is? Because I've listened to a lot of guys on other podcasts and watch videos and stuff of people hunting deer in the mountains, and, I mean, I I really want to try it just because I feel like... You know, I'm I'm big into like the Western hunting, and I feel like it'd kind of yep. be like that. But I don't know. But like West Virginia deer, for example, they don't seem to care about scent nearly as much. I mean, like, like I just feel like back home, if I have a big mature doe and she crosses where I walked in, I don't care what scent control I did. I don't care if I had rubber boots on. I don't care. Like yeah. most of the time, she's gonna pick up on it, and it's not gonna go good. And, I mean, like, these deer up here, they just do not seem to pick up on stuff like that as much. But, man, they if you blink, they will see you. That's so crazy. I mean, like, and that's, like, and that's really what, what made me kind of start getting away from the climbers. The first year I came up here, every single deer I saw the whole trip picked me out. 
I mean, literally. Huh. Like, there was one day that I finally climbed, like, literally 60 feet in the tree. And they finally didn't see me. But then I had a buck in front of me that I stood up to try to want to shoot. And he saw me when I moved. What? And I mean, I'm like, like, my buddy, like, when I got ready to get down, my buddy... I told him to drive the four-wheeler up there to run this little fawn off so they didn't see me climb down, and he couldn't find me in the tree. That's how high I was. Wow. He finally saw me. He was like, oh, my God, I would have never got up there. But, I mean, so, yeah, these deer, they're picking me out at 50 and 60 feet high, you know? Yeah. And uh, that was when I was like, yeah, something, you know, if I can get a little bit lower profile, that's going to help a little bit. Yeah, well, and so it's funny you say that because I've got one of the old summits from, like, back in the day, and it's got that, you know that bar you use to, like, sit down on and then climb up with? Um, I've never climbed that way. I've always done it the way where, like, you just do a dip and then pull up. Um, So I'm using my arms and all that. I've never used the back bar. So I took mine off because I've had that same issue. Every time I've hunted out of that climber, except for two times, I've gotten spotted. And yeah. I, I I don't blame it really on moving much because, I mean, yeah, I move a little bit, but, like, I don't feel like I move that much. But I also look at the climber and I look at the trees and I'm like, dude, there's no way these deer aren't seeing that. So. Well, like, what my, what my, like, really eye-opening moment was, was, like, there was one day I had a lock on up and I'm sitting there and this big doe caught me moving. Mm-hmm. She looked at me for about five seconds. And she just put her head down and started feeding, and she never looked at me again. Huh. And in, you know, in probably 13, 14 years of using a climber, if a big doe ever picked me out, and I sat, sit real still, we had that stare off, I don't think I'd ever had one just totally go back to feeding and not look at me again. I mean, it was always just a stare back at you and feed a little bit and stare at you and feed a little bit and stare at you and, you know, just having that that square profile around you they, I mean it just doesn't they can tell something's up and yeah. not only that but you're sitting farther out from the tree um now like don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not saying not to use a climber I still use one all the time but they've got their pros and cons you know yeah so what do you think about like cause I'm looking at upgrading and changing you know to uh to a different climber after this season, you know, kind of getting out of the older one and getting a newer one from Summit. Um, and the one that's got my interest is the open shot, which is, I mean, it looks exactly like, you know, a regular hang-on, except you climb with it. I mean, you think something like that that's lower profile and not that huge bar around you and the bars to the side of you and all that, you think that might, like, I guess be almost as good? Or I think it'd be better. I still think you're sitting out farther from the tree. Mm-hmm. Like, so in a hang-on, you can just lean back against the tree. And, you know, especially if you got a tree wider than your shoulders, I feel like you're just about disappear. Yeah. Uh, so, deer, I mean, you know, I don't think deer don't have vision like a human, I don't think. I mean, like, I would say not nearly as good as human. I think they pick up on movement better. Yeah. But, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that would be a little bit better. In my opinion, you probably can't climb as quiet just using your arms and not having that bar to sit on. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I know I could put it that way. Yeah. You may be able to. <laughs> but, I mean, like, a lot of times if I'm in a climber, I like to give myself, like, 15 or 20 minutes to ease up the tree and just sit down on the bar and just raise my feet up so slow. 
and hold, you know you hold them at the perfect angle where nothing's hitting the tree yeah and you know because that's that's the biggest thing is you know not making any noise especially you know if it's in the rut i may just get up the tree because i'm kind of weighing the odds like of a deer walking in on me versus like early season if he's thunderstorm or corn in september i know he's probably not coming till seven o'clock so if i'm there at four and he's probably better close so my odds are better just to take my time and get up quiet you know what i'm saying yeah <clears throat> it's funny you say that because that's literally what I'm doing tomorrow when I get out of jury duty is <laughs> going in at like four o'clock uh, maybe even sooner and just taking my time and going up because I'm pretty sure the deer that I'm on is is betting close um, he you know has daylighted every day at 730 um, for the past week and then of course yesterday I go to put feet out and he he showed up but he didn't daylight and as far as I know, he hasn't daylighted today either. So, yeah. I don't know what happened over there. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Like, I did, you know, I did look. Because um, where I'm at, it's pretty small. It's, I mean, I can see through the trees uh, that they usually will come out of. And I watched them last year. I know they go in there. Um, or last year, last week. Um, I had them at 50. And like what you were saying with the scent, um down here i had three fawns walk down and then he chased them down further because it's on a power line so i could see everything they were doing and he uh he stopped maybe 20 yards behind the fawns but one of the fawns you know was walking towards the feed and dude it's like it hit a brick wall and i didn't even walk to this spot i don't know if the wind maybe swirled and blew you know the uh steps that i had in to him and he smelled it and was like something's wrong here uh it did just rain so I, I really don't know, but I couldn't figure out what it was because I wasn't moving much, um, if at all. I mean, I kind of got the shakes a little bit once I saw the buck, but I wasn't, like, you know, moving quickly or anything like that. So it was it, it was weird, I mean, man. Saw you, you know he saw you. Not hitting the brick wall, I didn't see it. That smell. Okay, that's what I thought. And then they just turned around and moseyed off, man. It was, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> but it happens like that. Um, so, all right. Why don't you tell us about, like, the first, I guess, big deer that you've killed? Because I saw your post the other day about Pope and Young, and it was that nine-point, if I remember right, that you just shot. Um, yeah, I mean, what was, like, the, the story of the first big deer, like, say, over 120 or over 115, I guess? Because, uh, you know, um, down here, they're not that huge all the time. Yeah, so my first mature buck with a bow, I had... Uh, it was my ex fiance's step granddad had like 30 acres. Mm-hmm. And I'd worked for him all summer. He was painting, you know, just painting in the garden and just hoe up weeds and just bullcraft, you know, whatever he had done. Yep. And uh, so through that, I, I talked him into giving me permission to bow hunt out there. And uh, I want to say I found like a shed in his yard and there's there rubs and stuff. And. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I was really excited about it. And this was, you know, I was 17, so kind of just started driving and just started, like, kind of being able to hunt on my own. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> well, we had these big bottoms, this big, deep bottom with a bunch of water oats in it. And the, all the ropes from the previous year kind of looked like they came out of that bottom. And so I walked down in there and I found all these water oats. And I was like, yeah, but, man, how am I going to get in here without 
bumped in these deer, you know, because it was real steep. There wasn't no way you were going to walk down that hill. I mean, it's like literally probably the steepest stuff I've ever found in like the Piedmont region of Georgia. Yeah. And, uh, but it, I eventually found this, this ravine that run, that ran all the way to the road. So I could, I figured I could leave his yard, drop down to that ravine, and it, the mouth of it came out right at those water eggs. So, uh, sure enough, this was really before, I mean, trail cameras existed, but it was before, like, you could go and get a going for 50 bucks at Walmart, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I had, I, I think I had one or two, but, anyway, so, about the time the water started falling, you know, there's a, anytime you're hunting acres, a lot of times you can find, like, one or two trees that just seems like it's better, and so, not far from the mouth of that ravine, I had kind of found this one tree that it never rained all over, but this one tree had a lot of, you know, deer crap under it and stuff, and just a beat down trail coming to it. And I found this winged elm over there, and uh, climbed it. Uh, actually, it may have been a hickory, but uh, no, not a hickory. I think it was a winged elm. Anyway, that literally derailed it. I don't know why on that but uh, so I climbed it one day had a couple deer come in around that dark and I forgot to mention there's a rub line too right there on that trail he had two or three rubs like headed right by that tree and um, so I hung it had a deer coming like right at dark and I sat next to way after dark and I could see the homeowner way up to the top of the hill like shining a light almost like he was looking for me and, you know, because I didn't want to get down and bump that deer out. And uh, so I finally get down. I was like, no, like, I'm fine. Please don't ever look for me. Like, I'll, you know, if it's, if I got deer under me, I'm going to sit there until they leave. Like, I'm not, but please don't assume I'm out there stranded or anything. Yeah. And so, but that day I put a trail camera up. And I think it was maybe like the next weekend before I could hunt it. And uh, I was wanting to hunt it, I think, October 4th, and I ended up having to go to the fair with my ex fiance. And of course, I was pissed because the wind was good and everything. And that, actually, that's that's why I waited like a week because I was waiting for the wind to get right again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but it worked out good because um, I went in there the next afternoon and he's in that ring, got my tree. And I think I was sitting there looking at Craigslist on my phone. <laughs> but then, you know, Craigslist was still like a big thing. Yeah. And, uh, so I kind of just looked over and he done snuck up on me and standing right there. Uh, so I got stood up, got drawn back and shot him. And, uh, you know, he, he was kind of quartered to me and I went through like the edge of the shoulder blade. As he ran off, I could see him just kind of like what they call like digging taters, like just nose plowing through the dirt. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I, I wouldn't advise this, but what I did is I got down and like sprinted the direction he ran. Oh, and Lord. just found him there dead. Uh, <laughs> but in retrospect, you know, that's not the right thing to do. No. But um, anyway, that was. That was the deer in that post, and I, I told my brothers they could kick me in the nuts if you wanted to poke me out. But he was, 
he's probably just under 120, but he's got a breaking brow time, so he'd have been like low 120s. Yeah. But he was, I mean, just no doubt mature. Uh, her uh, old stepdad used to have his hunt camp, and I took him there and cleaned him, and he weighed like 220 pounds. And they, they said that was like the biggest deer that I'd ever been weighed there. I mean, I know bigger deer get killed, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it was be 17 and hear that it was kind of you know i was like all jacked up you know mm-hmm. but uh so yeah that was like my first you know i guess you'd say like real big deer i mean that was the biggest deer i'd killed since uh the one so you know earlier i told you about my first deer and then i killed that eight more two year two weeks after that and then that was like the biggest deer i killed since then heck yeah dude yeah, we're still chasing those over here. <laughs> we uh, JD's killed a, a ton of does, and I think what like you killed like an eighty-five inch uh, eight point last year, right? JD. Uh, yeah. The first time I scored him, he was eighty-five. The second time I scored him, when I actually learned how scoring actually worked, mm-hmm. um, it was right. At, it was right at ninety-eight. Okay, so a hundred inches. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, man. Um, well, JD, you got any questions, dude? I feel like I'm over here just pop quizzing him right now. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, I was sitting there watching your last video, um, the one you just posted four weeks ago um, in Ohio, and I've seen a couple of your other hunts too. You seem to you seem to like the ghillie camo a lot better. Do you, you use that a lot? Um. Yeah, I like a leaky suit. I mean, it's just sort of thing. I mean, there's no reason not to use one, you know what I mean? If it helps you a little bit, right. it'll have it. And, but, you know, also, yeah. like, it depends, too. I mean, if I got good cover, I'll just sit there and khaki shorts and a T-shirt a lot of times. Right, yeah, well, I've seen a couple of those, too. And... That particular hunt, I pretty much knew I was going in and climbing a bare tree somewhere with, like, good yep. cover. So... You know, I figured it'd help. Or if I'm sitting, if I'm going to a spot, I feel like I'm going to see a bunch of does and just have a lot of eyes on me. Then you know, like I said, it doesn't hurt for sure. So you don't think that when the deer are out there in late season like that, and there's no leaves on the tree, and all of a sudden they see a leafy spot in the tree, that doesn't throw them off? I mean, it, that wasn't really late season. That was early November. Uh, there's still leaves on. Well, the tree. I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking about as far. Yeah, I, I mean. Uh, as far as if there's, you know, a whole bunch of the leaves are already off of the tree. And yeah, there may still be a few, but yeah. if they all of a sudden see a big, a big leafy spot that wasn't there before. I don't know. I just think I it's not freaking up. I yeah, think it's, I got the you. reason isn't that high. Like, I think it's just about breaking up a human outline. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I don't necessarily think they're going to think, man, that sure is a leafy spot in that tree right there. I don't think <laughs> it's not a hunter. I think that's the right. thing. Yeah, <laughs> is like the extent of their reasoning. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, what was your uh, what was your Tim Wells, you know, experience as far as uh, what 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 got you into spear hunting? I've just always kind of liked it. Uh, it looks cool. I've never tried it. There was one year in Georgia that I had a really good year. And that's what made me actually buy a spear is I was going to, I wanted to go, because I knew it was legal in Alabama. 
So I got a spear, and I wanted to go spear hunt Alabama and try to kill a deer with it <coughs> next year. And so I, I, I got a spear, I practiced with it, I wrote a bunch of letters, and I ended up getting a farm in Alabama. And then that that very year, they actually made it illegal. Mm. So, <laughs> of course. Spear hunt it. Um, but, you know, it was legal for hogs, so I've enjoyed that. Yeah. It looks like it. Cause I've, I've never done it, but this looks awesome. But I've seen so many different approaches with it. But you, I've noticed when they're directly under you like that, you more so just kind of let the weight and you just kind of drop it almost versus, you know, a hard, you know, throw. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot harder to aim if you throw it really hard. Right. What I did is I modified that spear from how I bought it to where it weighs like three times as much as it did. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's 11, 12 pounds, and not only that, it's hard to get them sharp. I mean, they don't come. I mean, like, my dad, for example, is a he's a professional meat cutter for, like, 36 years. I mean, he can sharpen a knife. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those spears, they just don't, that, sometimes the edge on them ain't straight or something, and he could never get it sharp. I mean, he's trying it with a grinder, and then, of course, you figure you throw it into the dirt one time, you're back to square one. So, yeah, that was, that was part of it, like, just knowing that, I've never, I've never really having that thing just absolutely razor sharp. I'm a little bit more confident with that, knowing that it's that heavy. You know what I mean? Gotcha. That's so crazy, dude. My father-in-law asked me if I wanted to go uh, hog hunting with him with a spear, and I was like, I mean, I'd go. And he's like, Yeah, man, we'll sit up in, a, you know, on a tree limb and wait for them to come in. I'm like, That, that, that's all you, dude. I'm like, You're about sixty-five. It's like I don't think I want to be out there with your old ass just throwing sticks at things and hoping we hit them. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'll take my bow. I, I don't know about all that. That's funny. Oh, I, oh, I would try it. I would definitely try it, but I don't know if I'd do it his way. Because <laughs> he was talking about jumping on him and like taking a knife I'm to him. Gonna, I'm not gonna be jumping out of that tree. Yeah, that, I think he was full of it. I really do, because he likes to do that sometimes, but. Yeah, I told him, I was like, I'll go with you, but just don't get hurt. I was like, because I'm not, you know, I'm not fighting a pig off off of you. <laughs> like, that's all you, buddy. This was your idea. Did you see that video where Tim Wells, hey, uh, hey, he speared himself? No. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, he, uh, he was in Africa doing a spear hunt, and he was at the, he set all of his stuff up in the tree. Uh-huh. And then he had to get something back down uh, at the bottom of the tree. He climbed down. Well, the spear had fallen out of the tree oh, and no. speared himself in the femoral artery, and he almost he almost died. Holy crap, dude! Before someone, before someone could come out there, he had to tie he had to tie off his leg and and do all this other kind of stuff. And he had, um, I think it was, I want to say maybe six hundred yards away from him, there was a pack of hyenas coming in oh, before no. the people got there. Oh god! Yeah, it, it was insane. I was about six inches from spearing myself right in the head that last hog I killed. Wow. All right, you got to tell the story. <laughs> How? So, I just, typical of me not paying attention, just laid the spear in the back of my truck with the point hanging out. And I went to, like, my tailgate was broken. So mm-hmm. the only way I thought... Maybe I could get that hog in there. Did, any, did either one of y'all ever wrestle, or do you follow like wrestling or MMA or anything? Yeah, I mean I've I've yeah, watched oh, MMA yeah. for years. I thought so. if I like got like 
got like belly to back with them, I could like just suplex them in the back of my truck. And so that's what I did. I kind of like sat him up on his butt and got behind him and just kind of like cradled him and like went to suplex him in the back of the truck. And like as soon as I did, I looked over. Once it got done, I was like, dang, I was like this close to just leaning my head right into the freaking spear. Oh my God. Good Lord, man. <laughs> but, you know, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, you're here today, thank God. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know that I would have died, but it wouldn't have been great. Yeah, that that would have been a, a really bad hospital trip. Man, unreal. So, I'm curious um, about your YouTube history, man. Like, It seems like you've been doing it for, what, a few, at least three or four years now, right? Or has it been longer than that? Yeah, I started, well, I started filming when I was probably like 10. Oh, wow. I mean, it's... I've always been kind of passionate about filming. Like, I used to make skateboard videos a lot, stuff like that. Yep. Um, you know, I grew up seeing my dad film some, and uh, his, his buddy Curtis Kitchens especially. Uh, there used to be a show, I don't know if, you're, if you know Dennis Lewis. Yeah. Uh, at one time, I was going to get out Session Bows, but he used to have a show called Southern Woods and Water. Yep. And uh, my dad and Curtis would film for him some. So I kind of always grew up seeing that, and... And I've tried self-filming for, you know, a few years, probably when I was, like, 13, 14, and kind of hung it up just because I, you know, I was struggling so much to kill deer anyway, and uh, much less add the camera to it. Mm-hmm. And then I think in 2016, I had a really good year. Uh, you know, killed a couple of nice bucks. Would have had easily, just kind of the way, not that it's always easy, but, like, the way those two hunts played out, I was thinking, man, if I'd have been filming, it would have been easy to film them. You know, they had all the time in the world, could have had good footage, and uh, had some cool stuff happen to you. I mean, watched both of them fall, and so I just got to think, man, if that would have been on film, that would have been cool. So that, that next year, I ended up uh, picking up the camera again, and as luck would have it, I think my first sit of the year, I killed a doe and got that on film. You know, good film. I was happy with it. Thought it was cool. And then, probably my second or third set of the year, I ended up killing like the biggest deer of my life. And I was freaked out. Started crying like a baby. And uh, <laughs> you know, got good footage of all that. And then, so I got my uh, got my buddy to uh, edit it and put Celine Dion, Celine Dion singing uh, the Titanic theme song to it. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of blew up and then uh, it got recognized by the producers of this TV show called Destination Whitetail mm-hmm. so I started started uh, kind of got in with them and started filming you know stuff for them and it, it just kind of kind of grew from there I mean at that point it's kind of like there's no turning back really yeah uh, and I you know I, like I said I kind of always enjoyed filming so it worked out good hell yeah yeah, because, I mean, your videos, dude, are always, you know, extremely, you know, interesting and well put together. So I was just curious, like, kind of how you got into it. Um, with all of that, and kind of circling back to the Dennis Lewis thing, we had him on, shoot, man, probably three, four weeks ago. Um, awesome dude. I mean, he is literally, Dennis, yeah, Dennis Dennis, Dennis is awesome. a lot for me. I mean, like, like actually talking about the spear hunt, the first hog I ever speared was that his plan he had. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, he, like, and, you know, I was, 
you know, he like really went out of his way to help me with that, you know? Yeah. Well, shoot, man. He, uh, I need to actually give him a call. I've been meaning to reach back out to him. It's been a couple of weeks, but, um, so speaking of, I guess, you know, people that we, we know and all that, how did you get linked up with Jay Maxwell? Cause I've been seeing y'all kind of, you know, posting together and stuff on Facebook and I guess tagging each other and all that. I mean, that, yeah, I think, um, how we originally met was actually at a, uh, there's a hunting group on Facebook that had like a Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And I think the first time we actually met was there. Gotcha. Yeah. Hell yeah. So are you going to be doing any like hunts with them this season or, cause I mean, I've been following seek uh, one for shoot, man. They were yeah, probably so the I first, out, uh, that first buck I killed this year was actually with him. Okay. Yep. That's what I thought. Because they, I mean, I like I said, dude, I bother Jay about stuff all the time, and I'm sure he gets sick of it. <laughs> but uh, I've been following them, God, since 2019, like when I first got into it. Um, and they kind of, you know, opened my eyes to the whole urban hunting or suburban hunting thing. And we had BJ and Cheeto on a few weeks ago, and it's 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 one of those deals like, you know, I've hunted with JD in his place at Cobb, and it's i guess you could call it suburban but it, you get out there and you have no idea that there's even houses around you know so i mean like what's the change for you i'm, I'm assuming that deer was a suburban deer right it was okay and was that like because he he just recently moved um was that in the area that he moved to or was that like kind of his normal you know i guess atlanta spot area i guess I mean, I'm not saying tell us where it was, <laughs> but... I don't know, dude, I don't know where it was. He blindfolded me before we actually went. Did he really? Yeah, man. <laughs> no, he didn't, but I'm not telling you where it was. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. I kind of expected that. Um, yeah. yeah, man, that's awesome. Jay's a good dude. I'm. I, when I saw y'all linked up, I was I was happy to see that because he's, he's always been, you know the type that you ask him something he'll he'll help you out i know he's helped me and jd out a lot in the past couple of years yeah, um, I mean, actually what happened was he had uh, he had um made a post on i don't know painting company he made a post on facebook <clears throat> looking for a painter and somebody tagged me and i was like i'm not driving that dang part of paint unless, yeah. uh he's gonna let me come shoot one of them big atlanta deer and he's like yeah come on so we ended up trading a paint job for a nice hey that's the way to do it (laughs) it obviously worked out um so i am kind of curious like since you've been shooting bows for so long um we usually i don't don't know how it always happens but we end up talking about setups and everything almost every episode what is your preferred setup like you use a mechanical fixed heavy arrow light arrow i mean what's what when you go out in the woods what are you using so right now I'm shooting a, a fixed head, three blade. I think I'm at like 578 grains. Uh, honestly, I'd like to be around like 450, mm-hmm. but I didn't like my current air setup, and uh, that was just all the archery shop had. Gotcha. But honestly, now I'm shooting a, a one-pin slider, so I mean I'm I'm fine with a little heavier air because I'm not I'm not like pin gapping, you know. I'm gonna dial it to what I'm shooting anyway. Yeah. Uh, and so, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not a real 
real big fan of mechanicals. Like last year, <coughs> I had a, uh, I can't get my broadheads to tune, so I screwed on a mechanical and shot like 150 inch deer every day in Georgia in the shoulder. And I doubt if I'll ever shoot another mechanical. I, I may, I mean, if it was a small one, I mm-hmm. might, but probably just stick to six heads. Yeah. And see that I'm kind of with you on that. Like I had a buddy of mine last week shoot um, this dope man. All right, you know what? Let me ask you this because he told me something that I've never heard. Um, have you ever seen? Have you ever shot at a deer? Like say it's a doe or a buck or whatever. You ever shot at a deer and it jumps over the arrow? No, that's not happening. See, and that's that's what I was confused on because he he called me up and we were talking about the past weekend and I asked him I was like, how'd your sits go? And he was like, man, you wouldn't believe it. I had this one deer come in. I shot her. Um, and and you'll see why I even thought of this. He goes, I shot her in the shoulder, man. And he was shooting the mega meat. And he should have good penetration. I mean, the dude's got a 30-inch draw. He's shooting like 65 pounds, 460-grain arrow. I, you would think that it would go flying through, even with the mega meat. Um, and he shot her in the shoulder. And he said he got like three or four inches of penetration. And I was like, well, she's probably not dead, I would assume. And then he goes, well, hold on. I was like, all right, keep going. He goes, 10 minutes later, this doe came in and I shot at her at like 20 yards and she jumped over the arrow. I'm like, that, okay. He goes, she moved off like five or 10 yards. I shot again. She jumped over the arrow again. And then she circled back around and I shot her and I couldn't find her. And I'm just like, that. I've ne- I've heard of jumping the string, I guess, like ducking it or whatever, but I've yeah. never heard of yeah, someone having that happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. Okay, <laughs> it's kind of what I thought because I'm like, dude, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, so until I started filming, I didn't realize this, but there's a lot of times what you think you saw is not what happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it ain't. It ain't like your, you mean your buddy may in full genuine earnestly believe that that happened but it, i don't believe it yeah because like i just can't see the mechanics of it you know i mean i know deer, deer can jump high but yeah i don't know man i figured i'd ask you because you've yeah, killed plenty yeah man see I, and i told him too i was like i wish you were filming that because that's that'd be a first that i've ever seen i've seen him turn and duck away i've seen him you know duck the actual arrow but i've never seen him jump over the arrow before like they're not like yeah. a rabbit that just, you know, hops up. Um, JD knows exactly who I'm talking about too, so I'm sure he's got some opinions. <laughs> so, oh man, yeah, no big deal. Um, all right, so I need I want to know the story on that last buck you killed. Um, I think you said he was like what mid 130s, right? The one you posted most recently. Yeah, he was. Uh, well, he's 132 grows. Okay. And, he was, uh, and this is not official it's me taping it yeah. but I've, I've never been real far off I mean I've, I've seen enough of them score I'm usually like real close but he's 128 3 net so theoretically should be my my first time young in Georgia mm-hmm. which I mean that's been like a goal my whole life you know yeah but uh so basically I mean it was it was a deer that showed up uh, two years ago in December or January and uh, just beautiful young acorner he was um, I don't know 105 110 then maybe 100 inches something like that and uh, 
know, definitely one, you know, any any knife three and definitely obviously young. So any you know, anytime I got a hundred ten inch deer that I think probably first that's something I'm gonna kinda keep tabs on. Mm-hmm. So last year he showed back up and he, I mean just still just beautiful, nice, springy eight pointer. I figured he was just under Pope and Young last year and a four year old, so I I wasn't really hunting him. Um, my dad was hunting them like a mile away uh, or half a mile something like that on another property and uh, he actually had him a problem and was going to kill him he just had some does out there and he never felt like he could get drawn and so you know the deer ended up making it to this year and I I thought I was screwed because I went out there I'm coming in good in the summer you know just to corn and uh a few weeks before a season, they started logging the property next door, and it, it seemed like it really made them go squirrely at first. And uh, so he got to where he wasn't showing up good. He had like a he had this nine pointer that he was hanging out with, or mainframe eight with split brow, and um, that deer would come in and feed and feed and feed, and the deer I was that the bigger deer, the one I ended up killing, would only take like one picture. So you can tell he was like just nervous about even being out and about around where they were logging, you know. Mm-hmm. So I hunted him, hunted him one day in the rain, thinking maybe that they wouldn't be logging since it was raining. And they were logging, but hunted, didn't see him. So then I come back a couple of days later and uh, had that split brow deer come in. I had another, another, you know, seen another nice rack behind them. And so I'm sitting there waiting forever for this deer to turn. And finally, the split brow, younger buck, kind of picked me out and got nervous and walked off and made that deer nervous. And so he turned. And anytime a deer, like they got like a little certain tail flick, like it's a little bit faster than when they're calm. Mm-hmm. And you kind of know it's over when you see that. Yeah. And uh, so he did that, and I said, well, if he turns, I'm going to go ahead and draw, because a lot of times they'll stop and look back. It seems like they always stop and look back. I, think, I mean, if they're if they're real spooked, no, when they just they just got that, that feeling like something ain't right, they usually stop and look back. Yeah. So as soon as he turned, I, I threw back and was shot right over his back. And uh, so I'm, I'm pissed, obviously. And so... Somehow, like 10 minutes later, the deer comes back, and there again, I'm sitting there waiting on, waiting on him to turn, waiting on him to turn, waiting on him to turn, and I get to looking at him, and I was like, I don't know if that's even the right damn deer. And so, yeah, I, I looked at him, I actually pulled my phone out and looked at the trail cam pictures, because I, I knew something went right, and he didn't look that big, and, but, you know, I've just seen him come in with that and his buddy that he's been with all summer, I didn't, you know, I didn't hardly give a rack a second look. You know, he's been with that deer all summer. It's a nice looking deer. You know what I mean? So I wasn't studying it super hard. Well, sure enough, it ended up being this deer. I mean, this deer was a five-year-old too, I think, but I recognized him from the year before and he wasn't nowhere near as big. I was like, man, thank God I missed that deer. You know? Like, mm-hmm. first time in my life, I've ever been just thrilled that I missed the deer. <laughs> and, uh, 
So I'm sitting there watching him, got awesome footage of him. You know, once you decide you ain't gonna shoot one, you just play with the camera. Yeah. And so maybe ten minutes goes by, and I see him staring off through the woods. And sure enough, when the when the right deer came walking up, there wasn't no doubt. I mean, it was you know it was him, and he looked huge. And uh, so he came in, and I've been doing a lot of work with a uh, sports psychologist and. One of the things she had told me was, you know, kind of coach yourself through it. So, like, talk to yourself in third person. So I drew back and centered on him, and I can literally see my pen going from, like, the front of his chest to the gut. And I'm like, all right, Tanner, you got to calm down, man. And so I added pressure between, like, with both my hands so it'd sit steadier and just put it, you know, about halfway up right behind the shoulder. Kind of worked my release until it fired and smoked him. Uh, hit him a smidge high. I, I mean, I felt like I smoked him. When I hit, when I hit, I heard you could hear a, pop, a certain kind of pop when you hit the lungs, almost yeah. like a balloon popping or something. Yeah. And I don't know if it's actually the lungs popping or if it's a rip breaking, but you can hear, it's a very distinct sound. And uh, I heard that. I felt like I smoked him, but then when I watched the video, I was like, man, it looked a little high. I was like, well, I'll get down and look at my arrow, and if it's covered in good blood, it's long, and if it's grease, I hit back straps, you know. But it was one of the things I kind of knew if I smoked them, but somehow I'd rather in the back of your mind, you're just all this, like, man, I don't know, you know. Yeah. So I get look at my arrow, it's great blood, but when you hit a deer high like that, especially, I wasn't that high in the street, it's 30 yards, so it's kind of a, not quite as flat as your trajectory, but pretty flat. They don't bleed good until the body cavity fills up with blood. So I wasn't finding any blood. But I just kind of walked the way he went and ended up, uh, he's dead right there, probably ran 150 yards. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Hell yeah, dude. And you, so you said he scored, what, 132? Gross? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Hell yeah. Dude, yeah, I've a. Uh, I've been struggling to find something like that this year. Like, normally, by I think last year I had two shooters. Actually, by this time, I'd already killed um, the deer I was telling you about earlier. And, you know, he, uh, after that, it kind of just died on that property. You know, like, yeah. getting on these big deer. I mean, you know, we, we're starting to hunt more public. I don't know if you hunt any public in Georgia ever, but um, something we've noticed is, like, the deer – the deer seem to i'm not going to say they're playing games but they've kind of just been showing up they were showing up a ton in summer and then now it's the same stuff we did last year they're not really showing up and i know there's more people um i actually found a doe dead in one of my favorite spots the other day and it it it, it kind of makes me wonder you know because the shot looked good like double lung you think it'd be dead and i posted on facebook and there was just um Everybody was kind of like, oh, well, where was it? So I told them, and nobody claimed it. So, I mean, when it when you're saying, like, it'll hit, you know, the vitals and it has to fill up with blood, I mean, have you noticed, I guess, with, like, a fixed head that the blood trails, depending on what the head, like, which head you're using, that they're not as good as a mechanical? Because it kind of just brings me back to the whole, you know, yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely say mechanicals 
generally going to have a better blood trail. Okay. But you also factor in, are you looking at two small holes or are you looking at one big hole? Like, most of the time, I mean, especially if I don't hit a shoulder or a leg bone, mm-hmm. I'm getting a pass-through. I mean, I'm getting a pass-through and buried in the dirt on the other side. Yeah. Versus, I mean, some of these guys, especially like guys you see on TV shooting a deer with a mechanical there, I mean, they're hitting it behind the shoulder and not getting a pass-through. Yeah. And so when you got, I mean, that, there again, it's kind of a toss-up. Uh, like a, a fixed head with two holes and a low. See, I didn't get a lot of blood because I had a high exit hole. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't that it was a fixed head. It's that I mean, it's just gravity. That deer is bleeding internally, and it's going to the bottom of the deer. Yeah. So it's not going to leak out the very top of the deer until it fills up. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like say that deer had been at 15 yards and I hit him right there. He'd have been dumping from the get. You know. Uh, but so even say I shot that deer with a mechanical, I don't think it would have bled a whole lot with that same shot. Uh, but I mean, I think my take on the fixed head or mechanical thing is if you hit a deer right behind the shoulder, it's gonna die. If you hit a deer in the guts, it's gonna die. If you hit a deer in the shoulder, you'd rather have a fixed head. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, I mean I've, I've seen that happen just this year. You know, we had a buddy. And, I mean, it's just a tale as old as, as, old as time, really. You know, mm-hmm. as long as I've been bow hunting, it's the dreaded story of I was shooting a mechanical and I hit the deer in the shoulder. Yeah. Well, and, and that's now, that's the thing that kind of leads me to, like, I guess the next thing I want to ask you is, you know, mechanicals, we had a guy, uh, we got a buddy of ours that shot this doe last weekend, and he was shooting the uh, dead meat. And he sent us photos and all that, and he hit the shoulder. He blew through both shoulders, but that's only, a you know, a one-and-a-half-inch cut. Um, yeah, if I was gonna shoot a, if I was gonna shoot a mechanical, that's probably what I would shoot. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking too, because he's he's not too different from my setup. Um, you know, we're both shooting sixty pounds. He's only got an inch of draw length on me, and you know, we were talking during the off season. You know, like he 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 and I both. I mean, I love the mega meat, but I've kind of noticed like last year when I shot my buck. Um, it got lodged in the offside shoulder, but I kind of, and I was shooting a 515 grain arrow. And so I was kind of shocked. I'm like, well, dude, that's a heavy arrow with good FOC. Why didn't it blow through? And, you know, I was talking to T-Bone about it and I told him what my speed was. And he was like, yeah, man, that's why I didn't go through. So I told that to our buddy and he, you know, he got the dead meat and it didn't completely pass through, but you could see on the offside shoulder that it broke through. The blades were all mangled up, but I mean, they're replaceable, so it's really not a big deal. Um, but you can see the tip <clears throat> sticking out. And so I, when you you know said that, it just made me think about it because it's like, I agree. If you hit the shoulders, I'd rather have a fixed. And, I, I mean, I'm using the QAD Exodus this year, and that I feel like that should have absolutely no problem, you know, now that I've got I mean, a faster bow with like better setup. Do I know? Sorry, you, you, you cut out. What'd you say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I dude, I've gone down the rabbit hole for two years now 
because um, before I just did I didn't know anything about archery. Like I did not know about arrow weight, draw weight, all that stuff. I mean, I was out in the woods with a two point three, you know, extreme rage, shooting a three hundred twenty five grain arrow at forty pounds, thinking I'm gonna kill the biggest deer out there. You know, and. Uh, You, you broke up just a little bit there, but I, I think we got the gist of it. <laughs> nah, you're good, man. Um, we're creeping up on an hour anyway, so I don't I don't want to hold you too much longer. Um, but before, oh, dude, it's look if I if I could get away with doing these things for like two two hours, believe me, I'd do it. Um, but my wife would probably kill me. <laughs> so, uh, I guess the last thing I wanted to ask you, um, what, what's, what do you got planned for this season, man? You already tagged out in Georgia. Uh, you said you're going down to, uh, West Virginia, right? Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I just went scouting Kentucky and Ohio, headed to West Virginia now. Um, uh, we're going to be down to home and Yeah, man, those Illinois bucks, dude, that, that's where I'm originally from, and I remember watching, I've told this story a thousand times on the podcast, but I remember watching deer out in a field by our house that, I mean, they were just giants, and it was on a nature preserve, so they, you couldn't hunt them, there was no pressure, and yeah. it's just crazy out there, so honestly, I, you know, I hope you get a big buck in every one of these states, man, but especially Illinois, like, they, they produce some giants up there, they're not, they're not around every corner like people think, but I mean... The working class guys, you know, the working class bow hunters, man, they always seem to be killing good deer up there. So, if you've got the time, I think I think you should definitely make the trip. It'll probably be worth it. Yeah, I'll Yeah, awesome, man. Well, look, um, I appreciate you coming on, dude. This, you know, this has been this has been a lot of fun. I, I love listening to you know, especially local guys' stories and and seeing what your YouTube channel's done. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to go back and watch the most recent video. I've literally had no time because of work and then jury duty this week and, you know, trying to prep some spots uh, to go kill some deer and all that. It's There's not enough time in the day, man. But, um, yeah, dude, I – Do what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, Tanner, look, we need to get you on again, dude. Um, you know, I, I want to – I'm going to be keeping up with, you know, all the deer that you're killing this year. I mean, we're friends on Facebook, so anything you put up there with the deer, I'm seeing it. Um, but, yeah, man. Um, J.D., you got anything else? Oh, man. Um, honest, uh, the, um, just, you know, good luck on, you know, your travels and the rest of your hunts this year, man. Uh, I hope you get some more big ones down and tag out everywhere else you go. Thank Awesome, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're we're praying for you, bro. I'm sure that I'm sure you're gonna get on some good stuff. But, um, well, look, dude. I appreciate it. And uh, if you want, I can send you the link once we get this thing uh, set up. We'll probably drop it not next week, but the week after. So maybe the first week of October. Um, sure. And then, if you want, you know, I always do like promotional reels. I know JD's got a TikTok for the podcast uh so if you want to send me over some photos of you know the bucks that you've killed or whatever um i can put something together when that episode drops and then you know just put it on facebook instagram all that stuff uh just however many you want to send dude the more the better because then i can make different ones um and kind of do it throughout the week so awesome well tanner thanks bro i really appreciate it and uh we'll keep in touch dude Thank you, sir. Bye, right, buddy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. If you don't mind, go on Apple, go on Spotify, wherever you listen to this and give us a five-star review. It really helps out. And, you know, I just want to give all the glory and all the thanks to God. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. We wouldn't be able to do anything without him. So just needed to throw that out there. Thank you again for listening and don't forget to give us a review.